I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. And Brett, a few weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago, I don't remember, when we did our position breakdowns for Arizona football, we talked about the linebackers, about how we liked their starters. Their depth was a question mark. But their middle linebackers, Colin Schooler and Tony Fields, man, to have two senior linebackers managing that defense, you know, running the defense there, was such a big thing for Arizona. Like, yes, that's a good thing for that defense. But we're recording this on Wednesday, July 15th, and as we record this, the news has come down that Tony Fields has decided to enter the transfer portal. So, yeah, that's a thing. (laughs) It's not the first time we've heard that sounder on the show, I don't think. Yeah, not not great, Bob. <laughs> no, it's not, the timing let's, is. Let's let's let's, yeah. let's take away both the great starter and and uh, compound that by eliminating where we have no depth. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, <laughs> aside from that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Right, it's it's one of those things where we there's obviously no reasons given for why he's transferring. And really Tony Fields doesn't need to provide one. This is his life, his career. If he wants to continue playing football and his education somewhere else as a grad transfer, he's earned that right. But on the surface where we're at right now, he was going to be a starter, a senior starter. He's going to be a four-year starter for Arizona next to another four-year starter and Colin Schooler. The Arizona replaced their entire defensive coaching staff who has not had much of a chance to work with Tony Fields on the field because of the pandemic. And it just makes you wonder why he's deciding to leave. And, again, he doesn't need to give a reason. It's his decision, and he can do whatever he wants with his life, his career. But if you're Arizona and you're Arizona football, that just – it doesn't look good. Yeah, it it definitely is something that raises an eyebrow or two. Um, to, you know, what drives that? And I think – I think that's something that'll be really good to dive into with our guest coming up on the show because he might be able to give us some good insight, Justin Spears. Yeah, I was, you know, I didn't tease that yet. I was going to let that simmer for a little bit, keep people listening to us now, see if they liked us for us and not I'm, just for our interview guests. I mean, I'm I'm just excited to have Justin on the show. So yeah, he's great. So if you want to fast forward, I, you know, that's you know, we'll we'll see how long this goes. We can't tell you yet how long it's going to be, but you know, I mean, I personally hate the sound of my own voice, so it can't hurt have a, a guy with a nice radio voice on ESPN Tucson come on our show. That's a good point. But, no, nah, it's just where it's not the news you expected, <laughs> right? Like, the only bad news that tends to happen in the offseason is injuries. And it's like, well, there's no nothing happening on the field, I guess. Uh, Jabbar Triplett, he got hurt. You know, and we found out Jamari Joyner was going undergoing surgery, but he came back from that, now it looks like. And, you know, the other news, of course, was that uh, Pac-12 decided no non-conference football games this upcoming season, which not unexpected, but just this was a type of story where on July 15th just seemed to come out of nowhere. And maybe it had to do with the summer session ending now, so now he officially graduated and could grad transfer. And I'm curious to see where Tony Fields ends up. Because if it was to go somewhere, like he, he was already starting for a Power 5 school, for a Pac-12 school, so it's not a role issue. Which means it's probably a competitiveness issue. Maybe he wants to be on a better team, which in turn could lead to a better chance at being an NFL draft pick. Like that's understandable, 
But if that's the case, it's disappointing because it shows where Arizona football is right now, where a guy who's been with you for three seasons was going to be a starter, had no issue with his role on the field, was going to get his snaps, get his reps, still decide, you know what, I'd rather play football somewhere else. Well, I, I want to parse that because you said no issue with his role on the field. We don't necessarily, like, he was going to get snaps, but maybe there is something, too, with the new defensive scheme, right, that might be driving the decision. I mean, it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of a little bit baffling, and it certainly makes you raise an eyebrow or two, and we'll see what kind of, you know, what comes out of this in terms of uh, reporting on what kind of drove the decision. But, you know, right now I think you're right. It's not It's not a good look, and it's, you know, if if we were starting on time, you know, we're not that far away from what would have been week zero game, right? And yeah. this is pretty late in the uh, in the the bizarro 2020 uh, where, or maybe this is bizarro 2020 in, in normal 2020 where there's not a pandemic. The timing is very strange, um, especially given there's an entirely new defensive staff, and you know, it's they've been around for a number of months. It's it's just definitely. It, it certainly raises a lot more questions than it gives us answers. Yeah, and of course there were other tweets surrounding this. Scotty Young, who transferred also, a tweet out he wouldn't be surprised if we see more players leave. Um, I, And we're going to talk with Justin about this too because it's the big news and the kind of the fallout. And it's possible there will be more. And it's not, I guess, it's surprising if more players leave, players who were not recruited by Kevin Sumlin, players who were part of a different defensive system. They were part of Marcel Yates' defensive system. So to your point, too, maybe at this time in Kevin Sumlin's tenure, more of the players are his guys. More of the players recruited to play his style. And I know that deep, they're changing the defensive system, but these aren't – like Scotty Young was not a Kevin Sumlin guy. Tony Fields was not a Kevin Sumlin guy. Now, granted, they got plenty of reps. Like, they played because they were some of the better players on that defense. But maybe it is them looking at the writing on the wall after all this because they've – even though they haven't had the time on the field with the coaches, they certainly had the virtual meetings, the Zoom meetings, and had a feel for what this defense will look like. Maybe it's just a turn like, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm going to play here, but I'm not going to be able to highlight myself. I'm not going to be able to do what I need to do on the field in my role to make an impact that will get me to the next level, that will get me to the NFL, get me on those radars. So I mean, it's possible. It's just it's disappointing. And I guess maybe the pandemic, if the season was starting in a little more than a month, like it was originally supposed to, Losing a starting linebacker right now would be absolutely devastating. It's not good no matter when you lose him, but at least now there seems to be more time because non-conference schedule we know is not happening. There's a little bit more time to maybe rebound from this or at least fill that gap, fill that hole that he's leaving behind. Yeah, and you got to wonder if now in the mess that is 2020 and leading up to the season, if they're even list late in the cycle with the season starting late, is there like a grad transfer option out there? Because we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with the depth chart discussion. I was already highly concerned about middle linebacker depth. And now we just lost one of the three guys. That's clearly a middle linebacker. So you got to think somebody's moving over and, or probably, and rather than, or you're going to move guy, guys that have traditionally played outside inside. Right. Yeah. Plenty. I mean, there's, there's plenty of time at least it seems like to, figure that out of course because the other big news since we last recorded and we, we took a week off brett you were out of town much needed vacation socially distant vacation in the pacific northwest but the pac-12 announced no more no non-conference games for this season which wasn't all that surprising but for that for arizona it means no hawaii no portland state no texas tech and depending on how you look at it two of those games were probably going to be wins if not all three of them and for a team that most people, I think, what was the projection to be like four and a half wins was the over-under for them? Well, that's three-quarters of the win total basically gone just with the non-conference games being taken away. Not great, Bob. Another thing that, I mean, nothing has been great so far, but we will have Justin Spears on in a little bit. That will be great. That'll be, that'll be great. But, uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, you're loving it's, this. It's... it's you know, it's it's the the roller coaster that is 2020, especially for Arizona Wildcats fans. Like we get get some positive momentum on things, and then it's two steps forward and two steps back, right? Mm -hmm. um, for things sometimes that are our control, we think, uh, and sometimes things that are not our control, right? Like with the pandemic, but it's it's certainly not a good thing that Tony Fields is leaving. 
That's I, that's that's what I would call uh, thoughtful analysis, Adam. No, you, you're bringing it today. You are you are sharp. So, <laughs> but have you seen? Have you taken a look at the possible schedule things? Because taking away non-conference, you look at it now. That leaves possibly just a round robin Pac-12 schedule, which is not unlike what it used to be before. It's the Pac-12, where everyone would play everyone. I kind of liked that. Um, I don't like it as much when Arizona's probably not going to be that good because it's like they need wins. But there are so many different schedule variables. And again, this is college football is trying to kick the can down the road a little bit. You know, we're getting close to when the season would have started. Okay, well, now no non-conference games. That buys you a month or so in terms of your preparation, in terms of can things settle down before the season would start. But as we sit here July 15th, it seems unlikely that things will be ready to have, will be ready to have college football on September 12th, you know, or when the season would start after the non-conference slate. So they're kicking the can down the road. There are a few options out there, but that's all under the assumption that things will be better Give it one more month's time and things will be fine. And it's hard to imagine that right now. Yeah, I think I think this is they they pulled one trigger and then the next trigger is just going to be, you know, there, there, something will fundamentally have to change between now and a month from now when you have to kind of make that decision. Like you got to plan for the conference schedule until you're not right. Like we talked about two weeks ago, I think, with the, the season in general. Mm-hmm. And I if, if we're being honest, you know. Clay Travis takes aside. I don't think there's a high likelihood of anything happening anytime soon. Um, I still think they're going to find a way to have a college football season in some form because there's just too much money and too many too many opportunities on the table for some of these young athletes. Um, but it's it's not it's not looking great. And then, you know, in terms of the scheduling, you know, hear me out on this. And Larry Scott, I know you're listening. Maybe Arizona just plays Colorado and Oregon State alternating for 10 games, and that gets us to bowl eligibility. Maybe. I mean, it's our best chance. (laughs) You know, and that's actually one thing to talk about, too, is if without the non-conference schedule, and for Arizona, for most programs, it's the same way, but for Arizona especially, that's your chance to kind of integrate guys in the lineup, get a feel for this new defense, Get a couple wins under your belt. Maybe some confidence. At least for a little portion of your season, you feel pretty good about your team. And now if Arizona starts off with just conference games, conference is, they're projected to be one of the worst teams in the conference. So it's like they don't get that chance to start off 2-0, and 3-0. and You know, it, they won't have that. So if you start off with, say, Stanford or Cal or whoever it's going to be, what do they do with the schedule, it's going to be tougher. Like you may start starting instead of starting off three and zero, you might start off one and three, one and four, or even worse than that, right? So, non-conference for Arizona is that time to have some fun until the real season starts. And this season's non-conference looked like a pretty fun one. Hawaii at home with Todd Graham coaching Hawaii. His return to college football would have been his first game in Tucson. Obviously, Portland State should be a win or should have been a win. And then Texas Tech was a good game last season for Arizona, won that game at home, going on the road this time. Would have been interesting. Would have been fun. Arizona loses that. And other teams lose their non-conference slates, too. It's not just Arizona who's a victim of this. But in terms of how many games Arizona was going to win, what the expectation was, that expectation was based on the fact that they were going to win, let's say, two and a half non-conference games. Like, that's where it was coming from. Well, and how about learning and getting guys in and comfortable with a new defensive system? You know, you're relying on a lot of newcomers, a lot of young guys trying to get people up to speed and get experience. As Arizona relies, it's the one thing that happens when you have a, a not great team is you tend to try to get some fresh blood in there a lot of the time. Um, more than, say, like USC that says, well, now you're a junior, you five-star uh, guy that was behind three other five-star guys, so now you're going to get some snaps, right? Arizona's trying to, you know, they... If you're if you're winning three four games, um, it's it, it it the coaches are probably more inclined to bring in new guys to try to up the talent level, right? And I think that's what the new coaching staff has been trying to do. But those guys are learning a new system in a new conference. Um, a lot of the young guys that redshirted haven't ever played before. Um, you know, it's it's all a mess. <laughs> it, it really is, and. 
You know, before we could talk more about this mess, but I think we could use some help. We're going to take a quick break, Brett, and when we come back, let's talk to Justin Spears. Sounds good. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back, and we are thrilled to be joined by Justin Spears of the Arizona Daily Star. He wears many hats for them, does a great job reporting, podcasting. Justin, thanks for joining the show. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate the time. And we, we know you know. We talked about it in the first segment. We're recording this on Wednesday, and it's been a not to say a great day for the Arizona football program. We'll start with the biggest news, the most recent news that we have. Tony Fields announced on Twitter that he is planning on entering the transfer portal and I guess ostensibly to leave Arizona. And here we are in the middle of July, and Arizona's losing one of its best linebackers. That's, yeah. like we talked about, it's not good. It's really not good. And when you look at what Tony Fields has done over the last three years, you're talking about probably the most productive defender Arizona has. Uh, 264 total tackles, I believe. And for him to be a linebacker and not miss a single game, over the course of three seasons, I mean, that goes to show that he's not only productive, but he is durable, and he is uh, a defensive coordinator's dream, a guy that you want to have on your team right now. And I just was so shocked by the news. I didn't expect it to happen, you know, because uh, uh, I was talking with my colleague, Michael Lev, and he even tweeted this earlier. You know, we talked to Tony Fields after spring ball on March 6th, and he was a very happy, just very joyful person, excited about the upcoming season and playing one more season alongside his buddy Colin Schooler. And he was talking about how Brandon Schooler, the latest transfer, who's Colin's brother, who came in from Oregon, and how they look like twins. And it just was so weird to hear Tony Fields be excited about the upcoming season and then all of a sudden, a few months later, here we are talking about him leaving the program. Uh, I want to know why Tony Fields decided to leave. Uh, and that's probably a, a big question that everybody wants to know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it, it goes deeper because Scotty Young Jr., who was also a three-year starter, decided to leave the program as well. And you're talking about two very productive players just getting up and leaving your, your program. You know, it, is, it, is it a good look? I don't know. But... Man, Arizona, they, they definitely took a blow on defense losing Tony Fields. Yeah, I think it's. I think you hit on the interesting thing. Like, what is the why? Is it uh, something with the player? Is it something with the, the new staff, the new the program? Or is it looking at how the season may or may not happen and then making a decision based on that? And I think maybe it's some combination of all three of those things, right? It could be. You know, there could be other opportunities for Tony Fields, say – another power five team who's in dire need of a linebacker, a veteran linebacker. Maybe he can look at them and say, I can probably get more exposure playing in the ACC or the big 10, as opposed to the PAC 12. Cause we don't know what, what's going to happen there. Uh, but for, for players, it, it didn't seem like there was a lot of riff between the players, but there was definitely something there between the players and the coaching staff. I don't know exactly what it was, but you could kind of get a sense, especially towards the latter part of the 2019 season, that a lot of players were really checked out. And I remember talking to a Khalil Tate, and I think this really goes to show the relationship between the players and the coaches right now. You know, Khalil Tate found out that he, he was being benched on senior night right before they ran out of the tunnel. Wow. So so Khalil Tate, this multi-year starter, this guy that it had such a interesting career at Arizona, but you think about everything that he's done, you would have assumed that he was going to start on senior night, but they told him right before they ran out of the tunnel, hey man, we're going to go with, with, with Grant Cannell. Um, I, didn't, I didn't like that decision on the coaching staff, and look, I can't be too critical of the coaching staff because we don't know – 
what is going to happen this year, they could somehow turn around and go to a bowl game and make something out of this upcoming season if there is a season. Because uh, there's a reason why I'm talking on a podcast and they're coaching. But I'm just looking on what I see, and it's not good right now. Yeah, And to your point, like they changed the defensive coaching staff, right? <laughs> so if it's a position coach issue, or, and even then they had, what, three practices, four spring practices before the pandemic took everything away. So you kind of wonder what happened between him and the coaching staff. Was it a situation where he just didn't like the coaching because it was all virtual? Is it he decided there wasn't going to be a spot for him in that 3-4 defense, which seemed like a good fit for him? What kind of disturbs me here is, you know, he was going to be relied on, of course. In Arizona, it's it's a loss to lose a player like that. But even last month, there were stories about how people think he's like a sleeper NFL draft pick. You know, a guy who's durable, yeah. could make it on Sundays. And if there's anything Arizona needs, and Brett and I have talked about this a lot, it's they need to send guys to the NFL. And this is a guy that might have been an NFL draft pick. You know, maybe day two, day three, but make it to the NFL. And now he's going to go somewhere else, I assume. And if he makes it to the NFL, he's going to be making it to the NFL, not with Arizona highlights playing on the screen, but with wherever he goes. Like, that's just, and to your point, too, like with who Arizona's lost now to transfer portal, it's just not a great look. And no matter what happens, it's going to leave people wondering what is going on in Tucson, especially when the vibe around the program following last season wasn't very good to begin with. And they're being so outspoken about it. You know, Scotty Young Jr. tweeted minutes after Tony Fields announced his decision to transfer, uh, he said, two, three-year starters transfer, and you think we're the problem, or the players are the problem, or something along those lines. Uh, Marcus Griffin uh, tweeted something about how, you know, these coaches are giving false promises to, to players. So these are former defensive players. And listen, I don't, Mark, I don't think Marcus Griffin ever played a down for Kevin Sumlin, so I'm like, okay, why are you providing your input, but it's still concerning that it's a former player being so outspoken about the coaching staff and the current state of the program. That, that's not, well, though, that, that happens, though, right? Players, especially when they leave, a lot of them tend to take shots at the coaching staffs, and we know this coaching staff didn't recruit these players, so whatever they were promised when they got to Tucson, something had to change. I mean, is it a yeah. situation where maybe they just looked and said, if there is a season, a 2020 or a spring 2021 season, Arizona is not going to be very good, and they'd rather go to a program that is a better team and a better chance to go to a bowl game and maybe get exposure that they don't think they'd get in Tucson? And that's definitely a possibility. And, and, and that's why I say I'm not going to be too judgmental on Kevin Sumlin in the current state of the program because he's now entering year three, so a lot of the players that were there when he first got there, you know, they're all starting to churn out, whether it's graduating or whether it's transferring. Uh, but, you know, you still have some key players from the previous regime, uh, guys like Colin Schooler, Jalen Harris, important, uh, you know, players that, that could really make a difference. But we're, all of Kevin Sumlin's recruits are starting to come in. So, again, maybe it was just, you know, these co the coaches told the recruits that, that they recruited something else compared to the players that are currently on staff. I don't know. I'm not in these rooms, but it's it's not a good look. I'll tell you that. Yeah, see, the thing that's maybe most baffling to me with the with both Scotty Young and Tony Fields, we have an entirely new defensive coaching staff and an entirely new system, right? So, like, that's where it makes those those kind of comments, like that you said about Scotty Young, more baffling to me because it's like, you know, I, I don't think either of their playing time was going to be in question if they stuck around in the program, right? Mm -hmm. Especially especially Tony Fields. Uh, you know, we did a, <laughs> me and Adam have gone through kind of the depth <laughs> chart, and uh, I was excited at the notion of Tony Fields in a 3-4 defense where he's got, like, that, you know, throw his body around, shoot the jap shoot the gaps kind of, you know, tough guy mentality, quick, use, you know, kind of be that Dayon Buchanan maybe role in a in a college setting at, like, a yeah. inside linebacker. Yeah, that discussion and, aged well. Yeah, I, I was saying he was primed for a huge season, and now I go... I wonder if maybe he didn't want like the new system or like the, the, the coaching question to me is so confusing because they barely had any spring practice to get everybody yeah. on the same page. So I wonder if there's more things going on there than we, than we think. Um, but it's, it, I think it's gonna be a mystery mm. for at and, least a little while. And I also think that's very brutal 
considering they didn't have time to really gel. And so you don't have the chemistry going into preseason training camp. That's why spring ball is so important because you, you get early enrollees, you get younger players or even transfers, and they can kind of get their feet wet before real preseason training camp starts. And Arizona, they were cut off, what, after a handful of practices? I mean, they weren't even halfway done, I don't think, with spring practice when, when it got canceled. So, yeah, there's there's a, a little bit of, of that factor, and I, I agree with you. I was excited for Tony Fields because I really thought he was going to have a big season, not only because people were talking about him being this NFL sleeper pick, but his role in that defense, he was going to be a guy that, that would be all over the field making plays because that's just what he is. He, he's an absolute playmaker, and I think him alongside Colin Schooler for literally their entire careers, they've started alongside each other since day one. To think about that kind of chemistry, yeah, you're dealing with, with a whole new coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball, but you have a guy that's been your ace, your right hand, ever since you've been in college, and it's going to be interesting to see how Tony Fields adjusts you know, if he goes to another school and starts. He's not going to have Colin Schooler there to depend on, and it's going to be interesting to see how Colin Schooler adapts to not having his guy, Tony Fields, there. But I think if there's any guy that can step in for Tony Fields, it's going to be Anthony Pandy. Uh, he's been a proven, productive player, but is he Tony Fields? Man, Tony Fields is just a hard-nosed guy that makes plays. So it, it's just brutal. Yeah. So part of me, part of me thinks back to like high school. I know you played football in high school. I think, uh, yeah. Justin, like day four of spring practice is probably about the time that you hate your coaches. Oh, <laughs> you know, you hate them, <laughs> you know, like that's when they're like, Oh, we finally broken them down. Now we're going to build them up by the end of the, you know, couple of weeks. And the timing was not ideal, but I think you're probably right on Anthony Pandy. I, I don't know if he brings the same skill set that complements schooler as much in a, yeah. in a three, four, in a three, four scheme that, you know, the plus side is you get an, you know, Pandy was one of those guys that they seemed to struggle to get on the field last season and maybe they should have more often. And now you find another spot for, uh, for him to get on the field, but then you got to figure who's going to be at the other, you know, you got Jalen Harris at one outside linebacker spot. Who's going to step up on the other, on the other edge. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing is you have, depth when you have Tony Fields there. Um, and, and so you you could really toy around with some other play, uh, players. One player I'm excited to see is Eddie Siamau Sanatoa. Uh, he added the Sanatoa. Very nice. I believe it was uh, for uh, a late Hawaii football player who he was very close with, could have been uh, family members or just really close friends with. But Eddie Siamau Sanatoa, he, I think, will have – some role on Arizona's defense because I don't know if you've seen him lately, but he looked like he added about 25 pounds of pure muscle. And he, he, he was recruited as a safety. Now he looks like a college linebacker. So, you know, how does he adapt in year two with the program? Um, Darion Clark uh, from Texas. Uh, we really didn't see much out of him, but he got some uh, playing time. Um, with the special teams. And there's also another linebacker in Derek Morning, uh, who's a part of the 2020 class. He's listed as an outside linebacker, but he's 6'3", 215 pounds. So, you know, he's built to step in and possibly be productive. So they have options there, but the thing about the new defense is it utilizes a lot more linebackers. Is that going to hold up over the course of even a condensed season. Cause I know, I know we're, we could be talking about the schedule here in a little bit, but a 10 game schedule playing all PAC 12 opponents. I mean, that's going to be, you know, pretty tough for Arizona. And if, if you don't have any depth at that linebacker spot and people start dropping like flies, it's not going to be a good look. And honestly, it could put Kevin Sumlin's job in jeopardy. That's true. And we're here. We're joined by Justin Spears from the AZ daily stars on a daily star. And, to that point, too, it's one thing that I think people missed out on, and even the players, the program missed out on, was all the positive buzz that comes out of spring ball, right? Everyone is ready for the next season, or like in the camp. And the offseason is when you're your be at your best. Everyone's excited. <laughs> everyone's talking about their new role. Who's Cer ready to certainly the Wildcats. Yeah, right? 
Like they're ready to take that jump. And Arizona didn't have the benefit of those stories because everything was ended so soon. And really, since the pandemic started, there hasn't been a lot of outside of recruiting, which we could talk about. It's been, depending on how you look at it, some okay, some not so exciting. But there hasn't been a lot of positive stories around the Arizona football program. And now you get something like this where coming off the heels of, okay, there's going to be no non-conference schedule. And now you lose Tony Fields. And like you talked about, does this mean the season's going to be worse and not help Kevin someone's job security? It's just kind of like another blow at a time when Arizona football has not had too many wins during a time of the year where that's all you're supposed to have. Like, it's just not a good look, and the vibe around that program right now can't be all that positive. Well, and one thing, and I think Brett and Adam, you guys can agree with me on, is we always like to look at the other side of the fence. We, we always like to look at, you know, what other people are doing and compare it to others. And I'm sorry, Arizona fans, you're not going to like what I have to say, but compare it to ASU and the current state of their program. I mean, Herm Edwards, everyone thought it was such an outlandish hire and that it was so outside the box and that it wouldn't work. Here we are. They've actually made two bowl games. They've beaten Arizona twice in a row. And if you're looking at recruiting, I mean, they're in the final mix to land a bunch of four-star players, like some really good recruits, and they're also landing these guys as well. So Think about the current state of both programs. Arizona is is really hurting right now. And I'm curious to see what happens in the condensed schedule and what happens in Pac-12 play. Are they going to be able to hold up? Because, you know, you look the non-conference slate. Let's look at that. um, They were going to play Texas Tech, a rebuilding Big 12 program. They were probably going to be one of the worst teams in the Big, Big 12 this upcoming season. Uh, Portland State, that was going to be an easy win for Arizona, you would think. And would even hope. Hawaii, yeah, you would hope, <laughs> right? Um, but even, you know, Hawaii, they the Warriors beat Arizona last year, but think about how poorly Arizona played in that game. And they still even had a chance to win at the end of the game with Khalil Tate. So those three games right there taken off your schedule, I think those would have been three wins for Arizona. And then you have teams like UCLA and Colorado coming up. Arizona, I think, would have had some confidence if they were to win those games. But now we're talking about three guaranteed wins, in my opinion, taken from you. And now, you know, where do you go? And fans are always going to look at, you know, what are you going what what are you doing for me? What are you doing for the program? I think it's fair to say that expectations for the program isn't high. All you have to do is just recruit at a decent level and make it to a bowl game, right? Mm-hmm. And I, and and that's one thing I don't think Richard I got a, a, enough credit for was the consistency and going to a bowl game from the moment that he accepted the head coaching job. But listen, I, you know we were all worried about Kevin Sumlin's job status after the ASU game last year or last season. Dave Hickey said, listen, Kevin Sumlin is going to be the head coach moving forward. And I said, okay, he's got one season. If he can get it to a bowl game and possibly beat ASU, then I think he is safe. Mm-hmm. But, but I think the more I think about this whole global pandemic and how much this is costing Arizona, I don't think Arizona can afford to fire Kevin Sumlin after this season, regardless of it, because he still has another year left on his contract, and then they would have to pay a buyout. With the $600,000 shortfall, and who knows how much Arizona could lose in this upcoming season, especially if there's no football season, if push comes to shove, I don't think Arizona can afford to get rid of Kevin Sumlin. So honestly, I think the global pandemic helped out Kevin Sumlin, at least for the next, until his contract runs out. Yeah, I think that we've talked about on the show that we keep making Joel Embiid's trust the process uh, jokes around around Kevin Sumlin's approach because, like, you can see, I feel like, what they're trying to build and how you build that kind of bowl team consistently, you know, win six, seven games. Once in a while, you win nine, maybe great great years, you get ten, right? If you do that, you know, like, I, I, don't, know if, I don't know if you've heard on the show in the past, I had an old A&M friend, Justin, that said, I hope when we hired Kevin Sumlin, he's like, I hope you enjoy eight wins every year. I'm like, they'll build a damn statue of Kevin Sumlin if he wins eight games every year. Oh, um, man. <laughs> Absolutely. If, if you can win eight games at Arizona, you're you're set. 
you're you're a Tucson celebrity. Yeah, and I guess the the, the my perception is there's internal and external things that Arizona takes like gets one one or two feet under them and they start to kind of try to build that you know base to like take that step forward for that process that has some patience and then whether it's Hickey you know closing the barn door after he let the rumors leak that he was thinking about firing someone until after that game and said oh no he's here next year you know and mm-hmm. that has an impact on recruiting so they have to you know it's it's a little bit of a dead man walking kind of uh, recruiting situation right and then to your point of the pandemic, like that's completely outside of Arizona's control for both the non-conference schedule, but putting in an entire new defensive staff and scheme and only getting four spring practices doesn't exactly portend to, you know, great live action when you have a shortened uh, prep time, right? So Absolutely. it's like there, for reasons of shooting ourselves in the foot and for reasons outside of our control, I feel like someone's kind of getting behind the eight ball a little bit, fair or not. And then... I think your point is well taken. We've talked about, I think, on this pod before that, boy, nobody wants to pay a buyout right now, (laughs) you know? No. So we'll see, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And and who knows? uh, With the non-conference schedule being taken out and only going to conference only, it's going to cost teams like Portland State quite a bit of money. Um, I believe I read that... I forget if it was uh, Michael Lev who wrote this or Greg Hansen, but he said uh, Portland State is going to be missing out on $550,000 from coming down to Tucson. So that's what a win costs, I, huh? That's what a that's win costs. That's the value costs. of a win for Half Arizona. Half a million dollars. <laughs> uh, for Tennessee, it cost, uh, was it 950000 or 995000 to get upset by Georgia State? Um, <laughs> was it a year ago? They almost paid a million dollars to get upset by Georgia State. But but that's a, some big-time money for these schools that they're missing out on. So what's going to happen? Or is there somewhere in the contract where you can't break it? And then these schools can say, all right, well, we'll see you in court. You know, lawyer up. You know, could, there could be lawsuits coming out of all this. So there's – everything is just such a mess. I think, like you said, trust the process, right? Just get through the mess, reevaluate, and if you want to make a drastic decision – then you can make it. But I think the way things are right now, everything is going to stay in place. They're going to try to figure out a way to play college football. I don't know how they're going to do it in the fall, but we shall see. At, at least we can all rest easy as fans of the Pac-12 that Larry Scott is at the helm <laughs> in guiding us to great decisions. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, Larry Scott. Oh, Larry Scott. We love you so much. I uh, know he's he's like I feel like he's like the like if if all of like power five commissioners or commissioners in college sports were the office, he's like the Toby Flenderson. But Toby was actually good at his job. No, oh, I was going to say true. True. That's a, that's a no, good point. He's, he's, he's more like uh, um, what was this, the Grossman guy that Tom Cruise played in? Was it Tropic Thunder? That was like the total <laughs> <laughs> sleazeball, like comb over. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's Larry. That's Larry Scott. That's Larry Scott. <laughs> but, but Justin, that actually kind of leads to an interesting discussion, too, where obviously no one knows what's going to happen with college football season. And we all, we all understand that they don't want to cancel an entire season. There's way too much money involved, but also right now, I don't imagine any one of us think college football is happening. Certainly not this calendar year with the way things are going, but just college athletics as a whole, like we're seeing the NBA start try to start up with their bubble baseball, major league baseball is trying to get there. The NFL is pretending like everything's going to be fine for training camp. So good on them. <laughs> we know the NHL is moving up North college sports don't have that luxury because these are student athletes but students first and they're not getting paid and all that so it's it's interesting to see how that goes because there's no uniform plan across the ncaa or the landscape and just what they're going to do arizona to a large degree like everyone's at the mercy of this pandemic but they're also at the mercy of every other school in the conference and also the country like it's i think it's so uncertain for the college sports landscape other than that they all want to play because they all need the money but other than that, like, is there any reason to think that we're going to see these sports anytime soon? And that's that's it right there. And this is why I think playing football in the spring in the spring would definitely make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, just just because 
like you were, like you said, these are student athletes. They're not being paid by the school, so they're not subjected to go out there and play football. And uh, I was telling uh, my friend Saul Bookman this. I wouldn't be surprised if there's almost like a player union that is formed and they figure out a way to get out of playing college football this season because, you know, nationwide, a lot of universities are going to online only mm-hmm. or this hybrid instruction, which is very limited in-person teaching. So why are these student athletes, especially here in Arizona, why are they supposed to be on campus working out when everyone's telling these students, no, you shouldn't be on campus right now because Arizona is such a hotbed of COVID-19. You need to quarantine yourselves and you need to uh, limit as going out in the public as much as possible. So then you're forcing these players to go and and work out and, and, and do all of these things and take these daily tests and and temperature checks and, and jump through all these hoops. It just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't, and and that that's why I said I wouldn't be surprised if players, you know, step up and say, "Listen, we're we're not going to play college football this year." But on the flip side, you have a number of players who are playing for money right now. They're they're not mm-hmm. playing for money at the time, but they're playing for money in the future. They're trying to improve their draft stock, really make a name for themselves as a football player. So. It would be devastating for a lot of players, guys like Tony Fields, who have been this this sleeper pick, guys who could you know climb the draft boards, and then they won't be able to show their stuff, and then it could risk them possibly not getting drafted. So I, I think this, if there's a, a good scenario, I say just get through the year 2020. 2020 has already been shitty enough. Like <laughs> it, it has been such a bad year. We just need to scrap it. I know we're a little bit past the halfway point, but, you know, it seems like, you know, we're moving, we're progressing. Just start in January, you know, get get everything right, test some players, and, and make sure that everything is on the same page. Get Do what the NBA has been doing and MLS and have this slow process of getting players into a location, test them, and if they test positive, then you quarantine them. You might be without, you know, some of your best players, but so be it. I think the NBA has really shown that it can be done if it's done the right way. And it just seems to me right now, looking at the timeline, it's either football is going to start mid-fall or at the start of 2021. I'd rather just do a clean start, do it at the, at the beginning of the year. It's going to affect the 2021 season, but nobody expected a global pandemic to stop all of this. It's a weird time in sports. It's going to be funky for a little bit. But we just need to get through it. Yeah, and I, you know, I think we talked about it in a, a week or two ago that it's not even just about the players; it's about all the staff and the support staff that are all putting themselves at risk, right? And these are all people, and you know, there's what 100 and something guys on every uh, Power Five team and Group of Five team. You know, not all those guys are playing for the NFL, and if their families are at home quarantining alone, you know that. There, there's a lot of risk there and there's a lot of them, you know, I think it's on us, even though we're all sports fans to not just be like, Hey, they aren't like the pro athletes making millions of dollars for our entertainment. Right. They have, they have families and lives and aspirations and it's just, it's such a mess right now. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> moral of the story, everyone wear your damn mask so we can get to college football faster. Yeah. Now I will say it was encouraging to see that, out of the 83 student athletes tested at the University of Arizona, the first wave of testing, only one came up positive for COVID-19. You look at that rate, that's, that's very that's encouraging. Really good. Yeah. But this is Arizona. You know, <laughs> one, one trip to the grocery store because you're not going to be able to track all of these student athletes. You're not keeping them in a bubble because how could you? So... You know, a trip to the grocery store, going out and getting gas for your car, something. All it takes is just, you know, one person to start an outbreak. And like I said, one out of 83, it, it's very good. But in Arizona, where, you know, the numbers continue to climb, 
you know, I, I applaud, you know, Robbins and Dave Hickey, you know, taking a step back and saying, listen, we need to, you know, just pause this for a little bit. You know, we're going to continue to work out the players that we have right here and keep this process going. But in terms of bringing in more players that could possibly be, that could possibly add an outbreak, we're going to hold off on that until all of our ducks in a row. So well, They wait long enough. Most of the players might transfer anyway, so it'll be fine. Dude, uh, <laughs> <waste> looking. <laughs> like that, that's football, and obviously, like, that's the one that would be coming up first, right? Of the of the big sports, the people like the big time sports, the money making sports that we all talk about. Football would be the first one. There's going to be basketball, maybe that starts up a little bit after football, women's and men's. And I guess the off seasons for both of those programs have been pretty interesting. Like the women's program, especially over this past week, and Adia Barnes, some of their coach she's landed, just phenomenal. Like it's a shame they didn't get a chance for their tournament run because they would have been that was a special team, and it looks like they're going to be able to run it back for the most part and be really good again. And, of course, Sharma, the men's team, their recruiting class, what is it, a world's or, like, a player's program, a, a world's program or something now. Like, they're everywhere is Arizona basketball now. It's just it's interesting because basketball is not football. And that they could probably start up if they had to in January in basketball, and people wouldn't sit out getting ready for the NBA draft. The season would still be over by the time the draft happens. People play basketball all year long. They don't need the quite the time off that football players do. But those are two seasons, especially because it is Tucson. This is the University of Arizona. Basketball is king or queen, as it may be. And yeah. What is the thought behind those programs right now? Is it a situation where people are just like, well, there's still time. We don't have to worry about basketball yet. Let's focus on football. Or is there kind yeah. of like that, okay, we want to make sure basketball can be there too? Yeah. In Tucson, I don't think a lot of people are concerned about the basketball season. For a little bit there, a lot of U of A basketball fans were concerned are the the European guy is going to be able to get over here mm-hmm. because if the, if the Euros don't come over here, Arizona loses half its team. <laughs> they look like the Arizona football secondary at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, that was a little bit concerned, obviously with the, the latest um, ice changes, the European players are able to, to come over. So Arizona is going to be fully loaded uh, with its roster and and the women's basketball team, man, like you said, I mean, who knows what they could have done in the NCAA tournament. You know, Erin McDonald is an All-American. She was awarded the, the nation's top shooting guard. And Adia Barnes just had something special going. Mm-hmm. And nobody expected them to win the WNIT when they did, but they somehow did it. I'm not saying they would have won the national championship this past season, but, man, could you imagine if Adia Barnes found a way to get this Arizona club to a final four after just a few seasons to think three years ago, they literally won six games. And now we're talking about them being a final four contender. It is just such a great turnaround and who knows what they would have done in the NCAA tournament. But this year with Ari coming back with the roster, with the recruiting class that they brought in, especially with, with Lauren Ware in the post uh, being a five-star post player, and also uh, the, the transfers as well. They're adding uh, Trinity Baptiste, who was the ACC sixth player of the year. So you add that with Ari McDonald, Shayna Pellington, who's the star guard from Oklahoma. I mean, the, the roster for Adia Barnes is going to be awesome this year. And because she has a lot of buzz around the program, you're starting to see it for future recruiting classes. You know, Arizona picked up, you know, a couple big-time uh, recruits this past weekend – got a five-star player, and they also got an international guard from Estonia, which is weird that (laughs) Sean Miller and Adia Barnes are supposed to be pulling guards from Estonia. Like, out of all countries, we could get Arizona Estonia guards in both their backcourts, both men and women. Next season, if Kirk Reese obviously stays, but nobody was really concerned with the basketball season, or at least the start of it. All we've heard so far is fall sports have been delayed. So I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. Of Lauren Ware, the U of A to play both volleyball and basketball. Uh, so, you know, what's going to happen? Is she going to be able to play both sports? Because you can't double dip, but it's only for a little bit. Are you going to be able to double dip for a whole season? Right. I mean, that's going to be a lot for Lauren Ware. But I think she was primarily recruited to play basketball. But so far, basketball season seems to be on, on pace to start. 
Now, big question is what's going to happen with Brandon Williams? Mm. Because you look at the rosters and you look at the scholarships and you add them all up. Brandon Williams seems has been rumored to be the odd guy out, but Sean Miller says, no, he's still with the team. Brandon Williams is like, no, I'm still here. So that's my big question with basketball, but um, I'm excited. I'm excited for, you know, basketball season, both men and women's, but what's going to happen with football? That's yeah. what everybody wants to know. Well, you know, it's the one interesting thing to go back to football since you brought that up, how many does it work to Arizona's advantage if the season happens in the spring and all those NFL guys on not Arizona's roster <laughs> decide not to play? That would not happen. They're not holding out. They're like, listen, I, this is my last chance. I gotta, I gotta build up some stock. I gotta show off my tape because uh, I don't think any, I don't think any, as my dog is barking in the background, um, I don't think any Arizona player can afford to sit out. Oh, and I'm saying everybody else that's not a. We don't have the programs that have good players. players. Well, <laughs> yeah, the, oh, the better okay. <laughs> you know, and, and this is uh, an interesting note here because Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he could have been the number one overall pick in this past year's draft, even with Joe Burrow in the season that he had. You look at Trevor Lawrence's height, everything that he's got. He's I mean, he he's number one without a doubt. Um, so I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Trevor Lawrence decides to say, Hey, I got to sit out. I got to be the number one overall pick. I can't get hurt and possibly, you know, ruin my chances, which if you're a Clemson football fan, you are so damn spoiled because even if Trevor Lawrence decides to sit out, you know, who gets to step in and play quarterback for Clemson, DJ Ugalale, who was this all galaxy quarterback in high school, uh, from Southern California, which I think is so unfair. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see the number of players who think they are going to be a high NFL draft pick because you and I both know there's always those people that say that are always in these kids' ears saying, "Oh, you're good. You could be it. Oh, I heard you, you know you're going to be a third round pick. You can make this money. You're locked in." And then they say, "You know what? I'm going to sit out." And then they're disappointed come draft day. So I don't know. Yeah, not to not to mix our sports, but when we have like ninety seven early entries into the NBA draft for a sixty four pick draft or whatever it is, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Now, like players that have no business going to the NBA draft, like a, a sixth man who averaged four and a half points off the bench, he says, "I'm I'm I'm going to the NBA draft." I'm like, you sure about that, big fella? I think you need hey, to come back. I'm pretty sure Chance Comanche's been destroying it for the Lakers recently, right? Oh, wait, no, he has not. <laughs> oh, man, they might need him for the bubble here pretty soon. No, the first, the one player that came to my mind, and I, I've actually had the uh, pleasure to talk to him at NBA Summer League, and he's such a nice guy, so I can't really hate on him too much, but I'm thinking about Grant Jarrett. Yeah. You know, the, the nicest yeah. guy, I talked to him a couple years ago when he was playing for the Clippers Summer League, such a, such a nice guy, but man... One of the most head-scratching early decisions to to enter the draft. Him, Marcus Williams, uh, Chance Comanche. Am I am I missing any one guys? I think those are the main ones I was thinking of. And you yeah. know what's what's unfortunate for Jarrett, and this is way off topic, but I guess a little bit on this new topic is <laughs> I remember he when he went pro. I mean, there were probably people in his ear, but also. He looked at probably the right well, oh, they have Brandon Ashley. Aaron Gordon's coming in. He's not going to get the minutes. Tarzuski's there. Then, of course, Brandon Ashley breaks his foot. It's like Grant Jarrett would have been a perfect guy to come in at that point for that team. You know, another stretch yep. four with the size, could hit a three. He would have been perfect off the bench for that team early on and then stepping into the starting lineup when Ashley got hurt. But, nope, he he left. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's how what it ifs? goes. What if? No. <laughs> but, why, why don't we just Why don't we just talk about the Wisconsin losses now, guys? I no, really no. I'll say I, I I think I see a beer in the background. You might be going on beer six by the time we're finished talking about Arizona, <laughs> Wisconsin. Those Those elite eight losses ruined two birthday parties for me, man. <laughs> Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Yeah, you know what's funny is nope. I think I remember Frank Kaminsky when he first signed with the Suns. And I believe Saul Bookman brought it up to him. And I think Frank was like, man, really? 
<laughs> that was that was so many years ago. Still, it still burns. And it's like yes, like you have no idea the the amount of pain a lot of Arizona fans go through when they hear Wisconsin and when they hear Illinois and mm-hmm. when they also hear Santa Clara as well. Different generations of Arizona fans and, all. You and know. Duke. And Duke. You know, so there, there's certain teams that definitely strike a nerve, and Wisconsin's one of them. Man. Well, on that happy note, Justin, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us. We appreciate <laughs> Sorry. Justin Spears Sorry. from the AZ Daily Star. Um, where can people find your work? All your, I know you've been writing up a storm and everything, and where can people find just your podcasts and your writings and everything and your tweets? Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow me on Twitter at Justin East Sports. Uh, make sure you download the Wildcaster app. You don't need a sub- uh, subscription to the Arizona Daily Star. It's all free. Um, all of our Arizona Daily Star sports content, specifically Arizona Wildcats, is on the Wildcaster app. You can download that off the App Store and Google Play. Check us out on Tucson.com. And our podcast, the Wildcast, is on Apple and Spotify. So there, there's that. Great. Well, Justin, again, thank you for joining us. Great information, great conversation, and I guess I can probably speak for us all when we say we hope somehow sports comes back as soon as possible. Man, I really hope so. Wear wear a mask. (laughs) Wear a damn mask. And I'll tell you what, we need sports. So wear a mask because I want to be walking to my car at 3 o'clock in the morning after another edition of Pac-12 After Dark, leaving Arizona Stadium. So please wear a damn mask so we can have college football. Isn't that the truth? So thanks again to Justin Spears from the Arizona Daily Star for all that information because he really had plenty of it. Brett, we're going to talk about what Justin had to say along with a little bit more U of A news right after this break. Okay, we're back for one more segment on this show. And, Brett, I, I think if you wanted optimism, not only for Arizona football, but there actually being football, that interview probably didn't do much for you. <laughs> if you if you think the story has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's a quote Game of Thrones. <laughs> he he didn't say anything that was like so surprising, right? But like Justin gave a lot of like reasoning behind his opinion on this, and he's down there, he's around the program, he's talked to a lot of people, a lot of players and coaches and everything, and just where things are at. Obviously, losing Tony Fields, like you said, is it's a blow. You know, he mentioned a lot of the guys who could replace him, and there's options there. But in a time when Arizona hasn't had a chance to see these guys on the field in this new defense, everything's a question mark. And that's what's so interesting there. But not just their team is a question mark, but again, the entire college football season is a question mark right now, which makes all sorts of planning, whether it's replacing Tony Fields or just everything that goes on with your team, it's all in flux. Yeah, it's... uh... To to uh, quote our prior head coach, I think if you're an Arizona fan, you got to be, or in the Arizona program, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable right now, uh, and kind of just as a sports fan right now, uh, because you know it goes back to what we talked about a couple weeks ago. You got to plan until like something's happening until it's not, and I think you know the the, the big variable is whether we're going to have a season. And it sounds like you know Justin thinks, and I think you and I both think that it's the most likely outcome is there's just not going to be anything until 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, th- I think that's probably right. And then if you're Kevin Sumlin and the Wildcats, you got to figure out how do you make the best with all of the storm going on around you. Right. And how do you try to steer the ship and get this team ready to play and whenever that happens? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. And we're all kind of just looking, waiting to see how it goes. Um, Arizona football has been busy still on the recruiting trail since we last recorded. Picked up a running back, Montrell Johnson Jr., uh, from the Bayou. So that wasn't a bad pickup, actually. More recently, um, they got an athlete, uh, Logan Kraut, from California. Both these guys were three stars, but also guys who had, well, Montrell Johnson especially, pretty decent offer list. And while these aren't necessarily the flashiest recruits out there, they seem to be, again, solid players added for the 2021 class. Yeah, Montreal Johnson has is one of those guys that could develop into a stud, and that running back room already has a pretty good amount of depth and talent. Um, so, just, you know, uh, and another one, uh, DJ Khaled, 
uh, Kevin Sumlin tweet for uh, our running back room. Uh, and then Logan Kraut is kind of one, another one of those guys that if, if, uh, if our defensive coaching staff was dating, we'd all know that they have a type. They like the versatile, intriguing athletes that are somewhere between a linebacker and safety. And that's what he seems to be. Um, and we'll see what he kind of, whether he grows into being more of a linebacker or, or, or what, but he's an intriguing guy, maybe a little under recruited, but if you watch his film, you can see why you could, you, you can convince yourself to get excited about him in the, at least in terms of potential. Right. Yeah. And and that's the, that's the thing. Like it's, it's nice to see. It's nice to see the recruiting still picking up, you know, I'm still going and, I don't know where Arizona ranks right now. I know that's going to start to drop as other schools get more commitments. I know, like, for instance, Arizona State's had a couple of players, too, that might be a little more highly rated than what Arizona has, but it's filling those needs. And we've talked about that with getting the linebackers, which especially now <laughs> Arizona needs more linebackers. I mean, that wasn't going to change in 2021 anyway because fields would have been gone either way. <laughs> but the players they're getting, and it's nice to, like, you always want to get a quarterback, right, in every class. That's what they say. Running backs, Arizona's running back room, to your point, Brett, is l- assuming all these guys make it, it's just loaded. You know, from the not just the guys they have this season again, because the guys this season may not matter if they're not back, but just there's so much talent coming in where these running backs, and maybe that's just a position type of thing, but they seem to be finding talented running backs, guys who are like uh, Johnson, his offers list include Arkansas State, Colorado, Duke, Kansas, Alabama, well, South Alabama, but, you know, it's still in Alabama. So it's... These are guys who could go other schools. And Johnson, a six foot, two hundred pound running back, he's fast. Like it's it's a good looking crowd. Also, just an athlete who has some skills. Who I think they're probably going to look on the defensive side of the ball, probably in the secondary. Those are guys you need to get. And if the coaching staff, and we've said this many times before, if you trust this coaching staff's talent evaluation, which if you don't, I'm not going to say you're wrong, but if you do believe in their evaluation, these players are under ranked and under recruited. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's it's going to be one of those things that, you know, the pandemic also limited all the camps and some of the visibility for these guys. So maybe they're the, the hidden gems that these guys can develop and coach up and get, you know, maximize their talent. Or, you know, the whole coaching staff is gone in two years. It's, it's, it's the, the range of outcomes is wide. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that's the recruiting news, Brett. Anything else you feel like we should be getting into? Oh man, I just want sports to come back. <laughs> Everybody wear a mask, like we said with Justin. Wear a mask for college football. Yeah, I mean, if that's what it takes, right? Like, there's other reasons to wear a mask as well, not just college football. But if that's what it takes, is wear a mask for college football. Like, you're not your failure to wear a mask, people, might have cost Arizona three wins already. <laughs> That's that's halfway to bowl eligibility, guys. <laughs> right? And now because of you, nah, it's it's such a strange. We, there's only so many times we can say this, but it's the same, right? And when this first happened, when this first came out in, I guess March is when things started to shut down. I don't know about you, Brett, but I remember thinking, well, this is gonna be bad for a few weeks, maybe a month or two, but then we should be, if not 100 percent back to normal, on the road back to normalcy. And here we are now in mid-July, and we're in Arizona, one of the states that's hardest hit right now. But we're not back to normal. We're not even close to back to normal. And then, of course, you see other countries around the world who are like, hey, we have live sports now with fans. It's like, really? So this can be done. But now we're losing things, right? Like, we, now we've lost, besides lives, like, there's more important things than sports. Like, I'm not trying to minimize everything else that's happened. Like, there's far more important things than sports. But if you just keep it to sports... But we've lost the end of the winter seasons, like the spring sports. Now we're losing non-conference football. Some programs have canceled their seasons altogether or canceled sports, like a ball, you know, got rid of programs. Like now we're starting to see those effects on the long-term stuff. And like we don't know where it ends. You know, these schools can't afford to be losing all this money and continue to function as we know them. Yeah, and, there, and there's going to be implications of all of this that, trickle out you know like the ripple effect through college sports and and sports more broadly for beyond even when we start seeing the sports again like other other programs you know schools schools are going to cut cut sports uh how we're gonna it's we don't know what it's going to look like a year from now and it's it's gonna the impacts of this are going to be felt for i think 
a while, like four or five years kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> we're we're going to keep recording, coming up with content, of course. If you have any questions, feel free to hit us up on the Twitter machine. We like doing our mailbag segments and everything. Um, at Wildcat Radio AZ is the handle. Um, hit us up. And, yeah, it's we're all in the same boat here. We want sports to come back. We obviously – seems like the longer things go on, the more players Arizona football loses. So, you know, maybe if sports were to start up sooner, then they might have a roster to field for next season. So that would be good. Um. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird times, man. (laughs) Weird times indeed. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Again, this is Wildcat Radio 2.0. Make sure you're listening to all the other content, too. We've got the play-by-play tracks that Bryant and the guys are doing. Uh, every week it seems like and they're they're fun you know big games from the past where you get to hear it from the perspective of you know we know what happened but a lot of these games maybe i don't remember some of these games like i don't remember arizona playing against lsu when Shaq was there so it's like you're hearing it for the first time so that's pretty cool so there's plenty of content on the wildcat radio network um brett any final thoughts you know uh shoot us any burning questions you guys have or ideas for content you know uh, we want to keep entertaining you guys. We love talking about Arizona Wildcats, so and we want to be as interactive with everybody. Uh, so feel free to hit us up on the Twitter machine. Uh, was it Wildcat at Wildcat Radio AZ? And you're the Adam Green. Yeah, and but I'm am, allowed to tweet. There was a stretch today on Wednesday where I wasn't. I mean, that's probably better for the world. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> Un. Not like me, unverified since 2005. <laughs> Actually, I don't know when I signed up for Twitter. Yeah, definitely it's probably not 2005. Far more recent than that. Yeah, definitely. But, not yeah, but I needed something. To, I needed the joke needed a rhyme. Adam, cut me some slack. Poetic license. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> hey, we got to find something to fill an hour. That's mildly entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think we've filled our hour then so we did it brett um yeah thanks again for listening everyone stay safe out there wear your masks let's you know all get through this together and until next week remember to bear down bear down